Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You might be wondering if you missed the memo that it's casual Sunday, right? <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, I just came from the hospital. Um, Elaine had an accident, and I've been there since then, and uh, she's doing fine, you know, considering. But uh, I wanted to be here, you know, we had, I had an option of just getting a guest speaker for you, but I wanted to be here because what happened really showed me how important this message is today, because what happened to Elaine and what Elaine and I will have to look at over the next few months for her recovery um, is not unusual, right? Like all of us probably have had moments in our lives where in a split second things changed, where life as you knew all of a sudden became different. And in a lot of ways, this relates to the Lenten season. If you were here on Ash Wednesday, if you watched online or watched the recording, you remember that I talked about that the inspiration for Lent is, are those two desert stories. The one in the Hebrew Scriptures where Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt and then um, the Israelites will get lost for 40 years until they find the promised land, and the other story being in the Christian scripture after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the heavens opened up and all that, he would go into the desert for 40 days being tempted by the devil, right? That's what the 40 days of Lent is about. And that's actually what we enter when something very unexpected happens or even if it is expected even if it is something that we have been building up to slowly, sometimes we find ourselves in the desert when things change. And in that moment, things can be very scary because there's a lot of unknowns. It can be very um, upsetting and all sorts of things, right? So how are we going to approach then a Lenten season with an uplifting uh, idea and a positive attitude? Now the title uh, of the talk, Keeping a True Lent, that's borrowed from Charles Fillmore's uh, book, Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity. And he has uh, lots of great things to share about how we should go a little bit further than just abstaining from chocolates and um, you know, fish or whatever it is that we do through Lenten season, that we actually should understand what the purpose is. The purpose is to go into the desert 
turn within and reevaluate what's ours to do because we are preparing ourselves for Holy Week. That's what we do throughout Lent. And Holy Week is significant not only in the Christian calendar but also in the unity calendar because when we interpret Holy Week metaphysically, it has a lot to do with our growth and our power and how we can learn to tap into that power a little more. But before I go any further, I want to talk about those bears. I want to tell you a little story. As I was sitting um, next to Elaine's bed in the hospital, you know, I'm obviously no longer a child, a child at heart, but, you know, I'm now 52 years old. And I tell you, if someone brought me a bear to hold, I would have loved nothing else. And if someone brought Elaine a bear to set beside her, it would have made her happy, even happier than she already is. Don't underestimate the power of those bears. And if you haven't sponsored a bear yet, I encourage you to just understand how powerful it would have been for Elaine and I to get a bear. And we are obviously years, years past our childhood, but we would have loved just to hold something, something that has been sponsored, something that may have even a little note on the heart that says, we love you. You know, we're a little ways off that goal, and you choose as you want to choose. There's the QR code, and those of you who haven't figured it out, have my phone with me, right? All I do is I go to my camera, I hold it up to the QR code, and then I tap on it, and then here I am. And I can just choose my sponsorship. The other thing that apparently is confusing, and I totally get it, because that thing is, not, is, is complicated. See on the top left there, if you want to do more than one bear, you need to go to that details on the top right, and then you can put in 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 bears, right? <laughs> so you don't have to do it one by one. Please don't do that, you know? I know the user interface could be changed. Unfortunately, uh, we can't change it for them. We're just stuck with what we have. So that's how you do it. But I just wanted to share how I was sitting there and just realizing how I would have loved such a bear. And if we reach that goal, which is a significant goal, right, for having one bear a child for each day of a whole year, how powerful of a message would that be for us to come from Unity Fort Worth? A relatively small community in comparison to like the big, you know, the traditional churches. But we are so powerful and we say we believe in that. We want those children feel loved. So if you can, put out, bring out your virtual camera, scan that, 
and give a little more. And if we reach the goal, as you know, I'm going to be sweating my butt off next Sunday wearing that bear costume. All right. Uh, one more thing. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Believe me, there's no fan in there, no air conditioning. It's really not comfortable, but I am committed. I am committed from the very beginning, from the opening prayer, in, and I will walk around in fellowship hall, and we'll smile at you and give you a hug and talk with you until we're all done. That's my commitment. That's how much I believe in this mission here, how important it is. But it's challenging, and I challenge you today. The second thing I wanted to share is about that prosperity class. Another realization I had um, while I was in the hospital. Um, prosperity comes in so many forms. And we often get stuck in believing that prosperity is just about money. Okay, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, I wish I could have just a little bit more money, right? And that's often the focus. And then we get discouraged, we tried something, we read a prosperity book, and then we have often haphazardly tried it, and then it didn't work out, and then we get discouraged, and then from then on, prosperity is no longer important to us. But I tell you, the amount of prosperity over the past 48, 72 hours, can't, re can't even remember how long we, we've been at the hospital now, um, Prosperity has come abound all the time. From the first moment the EMT arrived at our house and attended to Elaine, to the charge nurse who had to fix her leg um, to, to bring it back into shape, which is an extremely painful experience, to the nurses that are taking care of her right now, that's prosperity. It's prosperity to have people in our lives in a moment when we need them the most who do nothing else but their job on their point of view, but from us it was the world. Because believe me, I was sitting there, standing there, just not knowing what to do. And I have been trained years and years and years ago to actually know what to do. Funny story, um, you know, nowadays everything is iPad and iPhone and all that. Elaine obviously has an iPad and I knew that. And while the TNTs and the fire people, the firemen were attending to her, I was starting packing up and said, okay, we need underwear, need this, you know, I got really busy and I had to be quick because I thought I had to rush out and then drive behind the ambulance so I'd know where they're actually going, right? So I was all into it and then there was an iPad sitting on, on Elaine's bedside table. And they said, oh, Elaine needs an iPad. And I told the fireman, could you please give me that iPad? So I took that iPad, packed it away, packed the car up and all that. And then uh, uh, I was ready to go. And then the EMT said, have you seen our iPad? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, because in my mind, I packed Elaine's iPad, right? And, and he said, no, I haven't, you know? And he said, so we went back in, we all looked around, didn't see it, we went back out, and they looked on, and they called, they called the firemen, they called the dispatch, they, we did all that, and he said, 
we got to get going here, right? And then, okay, let's do one more sweep. And I went with the other image, went back into the house, and I was already exhausted, as you can tell. It was like 1.30 in the morning or something like that. <laughs> and, and there I saw Elaine's iPad on the couch in the living room. And I say, oops. <laughs> Perception is a fickle thing. I perfectly knew how Elaine's iPad looks like. I know it really well. That iPad I packed had a different cover on it. I did not see it. And often in life, our perception is skewed and not clear because there's so much stuff going on in life, right, that we're just sometimes a little bit lost. I was lost in that moment. I regained consciousness a little bit later, but <laughs> at, in that moment, I, and I thought it was just funny. I mean, they were very gracious. I was beating myself up. <laughs> it was like, okay, and unfortunately, it wasn't like Elaine had to be there. It wasn't life-threatening kind of thing, you know, so that was the good thing. But I, I thought it was just amazing how I could not see it and how for the longest time, the shock that I was experiencing, that uh, my wife of 24 years is going through this, was incredible to me. But again, prosperity is about recognizing how much beauty we have in our lives. And if you don't see it, or if you sometimes need help seeing it, or if you just want to learn more about how prosperity is more than just about money, I encourage you to take this class. If we have a couple more people, three or more people, four more people sign up, this class can run, otherwise we won't be able to. And I think it's an important class, especially for our students that are uh, committed already. Okay, so that was my pitch for the Bears and for prosperity class, so let's get back to the message. So 40 days, until Easter, or the day before Easter, Holy Saturday, not counting the Sundays, six Sundays, okay, 46 days, that's our journey. 40, as you may remember from Ash Wednesday, means however long it takes. 40 years, 40 days, 40 minutes, 40,000 40, years. The 40 thing always means however long it takes. That's kind of like the symbolism behind those numbers. So however long it takes, we're going through a transition. Whether it's something very tragic that happens in a moment, whether it's something that is gradual that came up on us over time, it is something that we engage in and move on into a journey to go into the desert for as long as we need to. To then arrive at Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. So what does this all mean? We have six weeks starting tomorrow, if we use the Christian calendar. Monday's day one, Sunday's day seven. Six weeks until Easter, okay? Each day has a meaning. 
And we've been building up to it over the past few weeks. We've talked about the creation stories. And the first creation story in the Bible talks about the six days of creation. And guess what? Each day of each week relates to that creation story. For example, Monday is day one. Who remembers the very first thing that, said, that is said in the Bible? Let there, be light. Let there be light. Day one is about light. Before day one, we are in chaos. Right now, Elaine and I are in chaos. We have no clue what's going to happen. We have zero information, almost. They're not telling us anything how the future is going to look like, or very little. So we're in chaos. We're in uproar. We need light. So tomorrow is a day where we can focus on light. When we feel like we're in chaos, in complete darkness, not nowhere to go, we can ask for the light. We can call it and say, let there be light. And remember, the light is not just the light at the end of the tunnel. That's the physical light. It's not just the light that we shine onto something that we cannot see. It's more than that. It's the spiritual light. It's God light. It's the light, the Christ light that's within us, in all of you, in everyone, whether they believe or not. That light is in all of us. And it is that light that we all can hold on to, even in the darkest places. But we just need to remember. So for the next six weeks, that's what we can do. We can make it a focus on Monday and say, I am going to do everything I can in order for me to teach myself to see the light in myself and others as often as I can. Tuesday is about faith. The firmament connects earth to heaven. We need faith in our life. We need faith that it'll all work out. We need faith that despite the struggles, despite the things that tell us what to do or what's going to happen or what the potential outcomes are, we need to have faith that ultimately it is all for good. That's Tuesday. Wednesday is about imagination. Once we have light and once we have faith, we can start imagine. We can start imagine. Hey, I want this in my life. I want that in my life. Now that I have the light, now that I see the light in myself, God light in me, God in you, right? God in me, God in you, Christ in me, Christ in you. Once I start seeing that, I can build that faith upon this rock. I built my church, remember? Jesus talking to Peter. And then I can imagine. Because then I can imagine rightly. That's Wednesday. Thursday, you know, six times until Monday, Thursday, is about understanding and will, which is about spiritual understanding. Once we imagine, we learn to understand. We understand truly who and what we are. We understand that all our differences that we have with each other, the disagreements and all that, do not matter in the slightest in comparison to what life should truly be about. That perspective comes very quickly when something quickly snaps away the way you knew life was. 
that all these little fickle things that we often worry about, not that important. That is understanding. And then we start to make right choices. That all, all works out on Thursday. And if you remember Monday, Thursday, what happens on Monday, Thursday? Last Supper, right? The 12 apostles, or as in unity, interpret the 12 apostles, the 12 powers are available to us. And as we understand the 12 powers to use them in our lives, we then get to make choices. We get to be more loving. We get to use our power, our mastery more often. We get to use so many different things more clearly and consciously. Jesus watching the, washing the disciples' feet is about teaching the disciple that understanding that they too are powerful. He's kneeling down and showing them, their master, that he also is humble. That despite the fact how great we think we are, we always must remember that ultimately the meek are the one who will inherit the earth. And therefore, we must humble ourselves before others, not to be weak, but to show our strength. And when we do that, our choices will align with our desires. We will be aligned with what we truly want, not the little fickle things about a car, a big house, and all that, although you deserve that, no problem whatsoever but the true things, the prosperity things, love, loving ourselves more, loving each other more, getting through disagreements a little bit more calmly, a little bit more gently, right? Participating in creating peace that passes understanding, that will create change in the world as we speak, as long as we are willing. Friday? Judgment. Crucifixion. Judgment. Sounds really bad, but it is not. Judgment, spiritual judgment is discernment. Crucifixion is about letting go and have the knowledge and know how to discern what to let go so that we can resurrect ourselves in something more beautiful and more powerful. Saturday, Holy Saturday, wisdom and love. Wisdom and love are the result of the first few days. If we see the light, have faith. If we have understanding and make the right choices, and if we use spiritual discernment, then in the end, we will create true wisdom within ourselves and the world. And that's how we love. That's how love really can exist. And then we rest. Because we've done all the work, right? We often forget to rest because we run from one thing to the other. <clears throat> Who here has time to rest? Anyone? I certainly haven't had time lately to rest at all. But we must rest. God rested on the seventh day. If God even needed rest, why shouldn't we rest?
Sunday, today, is a day of rest for Christian traditions and other traditions. Shabbat, Shabbat in uh, Shabbat, or can't even pronounce it today, is Saturday, right? So that for the Jewish people, it, the Saturday is the day of rest. So their week starts on Sunday. It doesn't really matter. You see six days of work, and the seventh day we go, thank you, and receive, and give. That's what Lent is about. We get five weeks to train ourselves, to practice. Five weeks before the Holy Week, before Palm Sunday. Five weeks long, we can deliberately go light, faith, Imagination, understanding, will, judgment, wisdom, and love. Okay? And you can look it up online. Unity, creative process. That's how we create in this world. If we truly create righteously in this world, that's how we must do it, according to unity teachings. Five weeks we get to practice, and then on the six weeks we get to demonstrate what we learned. Such a beautiful tradition, such a powerful tradition. Let me tell you one more thing about change. You know, Elaine and I uh, have been married now for 24 years, and we've been together for most of our lives. We hardly ever spend time apart from each other. We have, but we, we usually don't. We're just kind of like one of those, you know, who can't get separated. But as a married life works, you know, I do a couple of things that she doesn't do, and she does a couple of things that I don't do. For example, all the medical stuff, not my thing to do. Every, whenever I cut my finger when I prepare for food or anything like that, I go, hey, where are the bandages again? And instead of telling me and teaching me where they are, she usually brings me a bandage and takes care of me. Well, get, guess what, what I get to learn the next few weeks. <laughs> She's not going to be able to run around for me anymore. So I will go, where are the bandages again? And she will tell me, I've got to go over there, and then there, and then there, and then there. So she will have to explain to me everything that I have not been able or be willing to learn. And that is beautiful. It's beautiful to embrace that to walk the desert with her and walk this Lenten season with her. It's kind of almost poetic, as tragic as it is for us. One other thing I wanted to share, and I know I'm already a bit over time, but I think it's important, <clears throat> um, is a realization I had about love. And... I was talking about that charge nurse who had to fix her leg, you know, had to put a splint on, but before he could put the splint on, he had to put it back in where it needs to be. Needless to, to say how painful that can be. There were a lot of drugs already, but he already said, look, sweetie, he called her sweetie, a big guy almost like me, uh, but so heartfelt. He says, sweetie, this is going to hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. 
And I was standing there holding Elaine's hand and I was stroking her head. And he was doing what he had to do and she knew what was coming and I knew what was coming. And then all the screaming and all that moaning and all that started happening and I just couldn't do anything. Just couldn't. Just helpless. And my heart broke. But also realized how huge my love was for my wife. How all I wanted to do is take away just a little bit, just a little bit of that pain if I couldn't take away everything. Just a little bit. That's all I wanted to do and I couldn't and my heart broke and I had to just be with it. Even the charge nurse, he started getting emotional. And this is just not an, a matter of empathy. Of course, nurses, you would expect to be uh, you know, emp empathic about this. And as a husband, of course, you would hope I would have those emotions. But as I was going through this, as my heart broke and as my love expanded to a greater degree, I had this thought, this is how Jesus loved everyone. Absolutely everyone. This is how his heart broke for everyone. For the prostitutes, for the lepers, for the tax collectors, for his enemies, for the Jews that ultimately crucified him, the scholars. His heart broke every time for him, for them. And it came to me that that's what he means to love one another and to love your entity. That's the level of love we need to get to. And I saw that how are we even going to do that? How can I, the level of love I have for my wife quite naturally, how can I even possibly have that same love for someone else? But that is the demand here. That's the demand here, and we should not and never be discouraged to try. We should be encouraged to use each other here and online and everyone, every interaction, we should be encouraged to love just like that. And the reason why I'm here is today is because, not because it's easy, or because I wanted to be emotional today with you, because I felt this message of what I believe Jesus' love truly was. And not only Jesus, other teachers too. I'm pretty sure the Buddha and other great teachers have had developed that kind of love for all things. I just wanted to share that with you because it's so real for me right now. And I want you to remind me whenever I forget, especially when I interact with you, I want you to remind me of my words of today so that I can become a better person for myself, for my wife, and for you, and for everyone, 
because that's the way we change this world and we allow that love to come forth and that's how we change the wars into peace and that's how we harmonize and bring this world in the right direction. As simple as that. So, that's it. Keeping a true length. Little more than abstaining from chocolate, right? <laughs> it's about affirming who we are, embracing who we are with all the flaws, finding that same love, that breaking heart love, even for ourselves, and, and learning to, to be that and become more of that more and more. And as we go through this journey, as we walk together through this desert, maybe many of you have found the thing that you are focusing on, to go on a walkabout, as the Australians would say, which is about going into the desert and find ourselves. As we do this together, I hope we get to share some stories. And I hope we get to enter Holy Week together with a new understanding of, of who we are individually and as a community. So let us now take um, some time in meditation. And I will go back to the hospital right away, so forgive me for not speak, uh, sticking around. But thank you for listening. So just take a moment and recognize the love you have for yourself and for others. And breathe into that love. Slowly but confidently. So that you can connect with it physically and spiritually. Allow your breath to get hold of your entire being. Move your mind to calmer and easier realms. Find that harmony, that perfect harmony between heart and mind. Find yourself in transition. from judgment and limitation to greatness and glory. Be inspired by Jesus' love and his commandment to us to love one another and even our enemies. Let your heart break and be vulnerable to love even more. Together we enter a journey. We are, in effect, the Israelites, the higher states of way of being. 
that are seeking the promised land, the return to the Garden of Eden. Together we are entering the desert led by Moses, the drawing out of our spirituality. Together we may wander and we may get lost and then we find ourselves again. And together we just keep going for however long it takes until we find the promised land, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the Garden of Eden. Together we find awakening, enlightenment, holiness, completeness, greatness. Together we support each other in doing so. We support each other through our own limitations so that we may find our final destination. Together we breathe, together we love. Together we hold each other accountable, not for the fickle things, but for the greatness we already are. Together we smile. Together we come at peace. Together we learn to be. Together we respect each other for each other's opinions and beliefs. Together we pray. Together we are whole. Together we move forward, upward. Together we see the light in ourselves and each other. Together we have faith. We imagine, we understand, and we choose. Together we discern and build that wisdom we need so that we can finally, finally, finally love. Together we care. Together we are kind. And together we are ourselves, the I am, God, Christ, Buddha, Krishna, the universe, nature. Together we are simply who we want to be and together we allow that to happen without resistance. And together we give thanks. We give thanks to these beautiful bears that go off to the children that are waiting for them to hold Together we give thanks to 
all the people it takes to pull this Sunday service off. Together we give thanks for each other, for the talent we bring to the table, to all the teams, all the things that need to be done. Together we simply are more than friends, more than acquaintances, more than whatever we may imagine it to be. So in the likeness of God and in the footsteps of a great way shower and many others, we move forward into this world. Having learned something, having become greater at something, but most importantly, as the truth of who we are. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 